Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome to today's episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, which is actually the audio from a guest interview I did with Lachlan Stewart on the Man That Can Project podcast. One of my favorite interviews to date. There's so much value in there, and I would love to hear your feedback on this episode. Obviously, you're used to me interviewing other people, but I love to share some of my own insight into how I have had my own personal growth and the things that I'm doing to continue to evolve as a person. And, you know, I share a lot of insight into how I've built my business, the things I focus on, how I approach my content, and much more, guys. So, Make sure you listen to Lockie's podcast if you haven't already. I'll have the link to that in the show notes. As I said, he did a fantastic job of interviewing and it was a genuinely enjoyable conversation that you know I could have gone on with for hours. So a big thank you to Lockie for having me on um, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you do, please subscribe to the show. Leave a review if you have some time. It makes a big difference to... Um, you know, the ability for other people to see the show as well. Um, And I always love getting feedback from the listeners and I appreciate you guys so much. I'm loving this journey and I love sharing content with you and I always want to hear what you want to hear on the show as well. So feel free to send through any requests of topics or things that you want to know more about what you're enjoying, um, what you want to hear more of on the show. And uh, I hope you're having a fantastic day whenever you're listening to this. Um, Again, wherever you listen to your podcast, I appreciate it. Subscribe to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast and most of all, I hope you enjoy this interview. I have to be the hardest worker in the room. I have to be, if I'm not working, then it's not productive, you know, almost wearing it as a badge of honor if I'm up at 4 a.m. and working through till 12 p.m. every day. But when I looked at it, I'm like, how much of that is quality work? Like how much of that is actually giving me growth? How long can I possibly do that shit for? Today, we have a truly inspiring guest joining us, the exceptional Danny Kennedy. Now, Danny is a Melbourne-based personal trainer and strength coach who's helped countless clients, including Olympic athletes, celebrities, and fitness models, achieve their health and fitness goals. As the head trainer for the popular Keep It Cleaner app, he's known for his no-nonsense approach and relatable and valuable content. Now, growing up playing various sports, including Aussie rules football and basketball, Danny has traveled the world competing both on the court and as a physique competitor at national levels. In today's conversation, we'll explore key topics like discovering your true self, building confidence and how he did that through physique competitions, the significance of having a coach, and using fear as your compass to navigate life's challenges. So buckle up and get ready for an engaging and life-changing discussion with the one and only Danny Kennedy. The Man That Can Project Podcast, a podcast empowering career-driven men to live more fulfilling lives. We are here to challenge your beliefs, redefine success, and talk about the important stuff in a relatable way. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. My name's Lockie Stewart. Let's get into it. Danny Kennedy, mate, thank you so much for joining me on the Man That Can Project Podcast. Lucky, thanks for having me on, man. It's an absolute pleasure. Likewise, as I was saying to you a moment ago, I came across your podcast, the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast, around four or five years ago. Like it seems like a lifetime ago, and yeah. now to be having this yarn with you, uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm not going to lie. You've had obviously you do your individual episodes, but you've had so many incredible guests, and 
I've also listened to you on a number of podcasts. The most recent one I listened to on was uh, Good Humans with Cooper. And oh, yeah. Dude, Cooper's a legend. That was an epic, epic conversation. And you have so much value. And whenever I invite a guest on, there's always a reason why I want to want to learn something. And you're sort of where I want to be in regards to podcasting and the way that you've set up a lot of things. But also your story, you grew up in uh, country Victoria and you've now created this incredible brand. You've created from the outside looking in an incredible lifestyle. And what I'm excited to sort of dive into is the fact that when you grow up in the bush and, you know, I grew up in a, a rural town as well, you don't have access to as many resources as maybe cities provide in, in terms of what we do now. So yep. I'd love to sort of dive into your journey around mm-hmm. how you got to where you are now, but go take us back to country Victoria days and the journey that you've gone through with basketball, football, and where you are today. Yeah, for sure. Um, and firstly, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it a lot. Um, it's really cool to hear, you know, from people who have been listening to the show for a fair while now. Obviously, as the show gets more popular now, you have people listening and going back to and listening to old episodes. But it's really cool whenever you chat with someone who's been listening for a while. So, so thank you. Um, but yeah, growing up in country Victoria, and, and to your point, I think definitely there's quite clearly a lot more um, uh, opportunity in a place like Melbourne or in any city or you know somewhere where there's there's more people and and more things going on. But I think the biggest thing to that point is just being exposed to what's possible um the way i look at it now is you know it's it's possible to do a lot of great things from absolutely anywhere but if you haven't been exposed to you know high level conversations or opportunities or or potentials that you've never even put any thought to then that's where you end up just living in this same kind of same shit on repeat almost like airplane mode every day and just the same program over and over again so even living in melbourne now i'm constantly trying to just find opportunities to have conversations with people who are doing incredible things. Um, you know, if I can invest time and money into putting myself in positions where I'm around other people or other places where there's just stuff that I haven't been exposed to yet, that I'm constantly doing it because I think that's, that's like the biggest thing for me is that when I look back at where my, whether it's the podcast or even fitness career is now, a lot of the reason behind it is just because I was, I was able to, to see what was possible and, and be exposed to, to different opportunities and um, and have that expansion, I guess, of the mindset around like not just placing myself in a box of like what I was currently doing, like really being able to look what else is out there. But back to your question, um, yeah, growing up in Horsham in um, country Victoria, I, was, I always played football and basketball. Uh, basketball was always the, the priority, I guess, even though when I look back at it now, I probably enjoyed footy more. Um, but always naturally super skinny, um quite good at running um because of the fact that i was so skinny and 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 genuinely really enjoyed (laughs) running but um i feel you man (laughs) but uh but yeah i always took my fitness quite seriously um my whole mindset with that was always i was never the most skilled in basketball or football but i just knew that i had a work ethic that if i was able to just work harder than everyone else then that was going to give me the opportunity to keep progressing with footy and basketball to be honest um where do you where do you feel that came from danny because a lot of people are pursuing things and maybe they don't have the the best skill set or they lack confidence mm. etc 
and they use that as a deterrent as to why they shouldn't work hard because it's like oh, I'm never yeah. going to be good. So so where do you think the flick uh, the switch flicked for you to go? Well, I'm just going to work harder. You know, I I don't actually know, and I've, I've thought about it a lot, but I'm not too sure to be honest. I I was so passionate about basketball, and I think as well growing up, I wasn't I was very, I lacked a lot of confidence. I didn't have much confidence at all. Um, was quite anxious. Uh, didn't have much self belief, and I think with basketball, when I look at it now, it just became something that I probably not a good thing, but I just tied my identity to and saw it as an opportunity to be part of something and to really like that was kind of my lane, my way of of making friends, all that type of stuff. And and so for me, it was just like I became so passionate about it that nothing else really mattered. Like in school and stuff, I wasn't really thinking about what I was going to do after school. I was going to be playing basketball pretty much. And it just became, as I said, down the track, I realized that this is not necessarily a good thing, but it became just my whole identity. Like that's just who I was. I was just a basketballer. So for me, in my head, there was no other option. And it definitely worked in my favor and it's a blessing now. But with basketball in particular, like I was very fortunate to play at a high level Um have some really cool achievements as a basketballer and in comparison to your average basketballer without sounding like a flog, like I was a good, really good player. But when you look <laughs> at it, when you look at it, like when I was comparing myself to the others that were, that were at that top level, I was always at the bottom end of that. And I missed pretty much every team got cut from pretty much every state team. Um, even like once I was playing at the higher level was, was always kind of coming off the bench and all that type of stuff. And I just had this drive. I, again, I don't know why, but when I look at it now, like I remember having conversations with dad and even some of the other boys that I was playing with in Horsham and we were really lucky in Horsham to have a lot of really high level basketballers and really good coaches. So we'd go to these state selections and, you know, there'd be 10 of us there and nine of them would get selected and I would get cut. And over time, this kept happening over and over again. And it was like people were almost like looking at me, feeling sorry for me. And my old man, you know, I remember he said to me one day, he's like, we got back from a state selection that I'd missed. And as soon as we got home, I went to the stadium and started shooting. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He's like, what? He's like, why do you even care? He's like, don't you, aren't you kind of sick of this happening over and over again? And like, and, and again, I don't know why it was, but I just that just kind of got ingrained into me early on that I was just going to keep working. And if I knew that if I compounded enough consistency over time, that something good was going to have to happen. So, Dude, that's, that, that's like a superpower to not be able to take that personally. Yeah, it is. And, and like, don't get me wrong, it was like heartbreaking. But I think because I'd tied my identity, my identity to that and there wasn't much else outside of that in my like in my head at the time that I was like, I just have to keep going. And um, yeah, the running side of things, um, I was always right into that. And then around 15 or 16, one of my coaches in basketball kind of recommended that I get into the gym. Yeah. So I got in the gym, started to see these results and, and quickly fell in love with it. And I just noticed that not only physically was it benefiting me, but more so mentally, I had something that I was super disciplined with, um, you know, most days of the week, I was able to go there coming from the team sport. I think one of the biggest reasons why I like the gym as well is that as I've just mentioned, I was working my ass off and not getting much reward for my effort with team sport. Whereas I found that the harder I worked in the gym, the more I benefited from it. So I really liked the fact that it 
everything came down to me. Like it wasn't up to fucking anyone else. It wasn't up to a coach to tell me I'm not good enough. It wasn't up to anyone else. It was like, this is up to you. And and I really liked that. So I was hooked on health and fitness. I was obsessed with it. Like I, whenever I put my mind to something, I kind of go all in with it. So I was researching anything and everything to do with training and nutrition. I was trying all the different training methods, all the different, you know, diets at the time and all that stuff. And by the time I finished year 12, I decided I would, I'd kind of had enough of the, um, of the, the setbacks with basketball. And I was like, I'm going to go all in with footy because I'd been seeing some success with footy and I was really enjoying it, but I just had to keep pushing it to the side to commit to basketball. So I was like, nah, I'm going to play footy. And then within a week that all changed. I'd been asked to move to Melbourne for basketball full-time for two years. So I finished school, did absolutely fuck all around the house, to be honest. Um, and within a week was living by myself in Melbourne, which when I look at night now was a blessing because I had to grow up quite quickly. Um, but throughout that two-year period, that's when I started to find some uh, evidence-based like uh, proper uh, information around training and nutrition. At the time, I was still like 62 kilos. I'd been in the gym for three years, 62 kilos, same height as I am now. And I weigh like 85 now. Wow. And I'm still, and I'm still skinny. So you can only imagine how skinny that was. Um, so in that two year period, I started to learn from more reputable sources and, and saw some really good changes in my physique and was still just obsessed. When I look at it now, I was way more obsessed with the gym than what I was with basketball, but I started to see really good results with basketball, had an ankle reconstruction at the end of the second year and just never went back. Just, just, I'd already done my personal training qualification separate to school. Um, I just did it online just to have that in the bag, I guess. And um, I don't know why I did it. And then I, yeah, started my career as a trainer and just shifted that whole mindset that I'd had from being a, an athlete to being a coach and to trying to learn how to run a business and, and, and the rest kind of just evolved from there. So that was a very fucking long answer, but there it is. Dude, that was an awesome answer. I was going to ask as well, when you had that realization, when you started getting in the gym that it didn't matter, you, you know, you couldn't be cut from teams or anything like that. The results were directly correlated with the work that you were putting in. Is that why you went down the route of starting your own business as opposed to working uh, for someone else? Yeah, I think so. I was pretty, I think just naturally like my, my, my natural instinct was to go down that path because I had got to that point where I was just rely, I wasn't relying on anyone else anymore. I wasn't, I didn't want to have to rely on anyone else anymore. And when I started in the gym, uh, initially I did kind of start how a lot of people do. Like I was just getting paid an hourly rate to take some clients that the gym was feeding me. And then really quickly I stepped away from that and just went all in with it because I'd just before I started as a PT, because I was so obsessed with fitness, I started an Instagram account, which is my account now. But I remember at the time I was posting fitness content daily, but I hadn't told like anyone else about it. Basically, it was just a bunch of randoms that were following me, um, <laughs> separate to my personal account. And then that first year as a PT, I, I, I competed in um, men's physique and I ended up doing that for a couple of years. And this was throughout the process where as I mentioned, I lacked a lot of confidence and whatever. And I'd always been someone who was just more so a people pleaser and tried to fit in and really worried about other people's opinions. And throughout those two years, I just let go of all the fucks given about that. And 
while I had the time and I, and I stepped away from basketball, I'm like, all right, well, I'm, this is an opportunity now because the two years that I was playing, I wanted to go harder with the gym and I wanted to see better results with my physique, but I was training so much and, and basketball was still the priority that I just couldn't do that. So it was always, I had a bit of an itch to do more with the gym, less with basketball, but I couldn't do that. So I competed in men's physique and that in itself, the first time I stepped on stage in bodybuilding was like the moment where it just completely changed me as a person. Cause I realized that I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. And it gave me so much confidence and self-belief that I was willing to just do stuff that, that scared the shit out of me and get way, way out of my comfort zone. And when I saw the, the reward for that, cause I was posting content, which I still do to this day, but I was posting content, just documenting my journey to get on stage, showing people what I was doing with my nutrition, showing what I was doing, my training, talking about all the hard bits, the good bits, all that, whatever. And I think I was almost surprised at the fact that I didn't have any pushback from it or there wasn't any like that, that insecurity of like people talking shit about me doing it or whatever just didn't happen. Um, and instead I was getting people starting to reach out who I'd grown up with, who fucking never had anything to do with me or people that I'd maybe put on this pedestal, reaching out to me, asking for advice on training and nutrition. And that was just such an empowering feeling. And I was like, I'm just going to go all in with this now. And I, I don't, I don't care what anyone else thinks. I know that what I, the knowledge that I have now and the experiences that I've had can help a lot of people. And I'm just going to push that out as hard as I can and for as long as I can and, and do whatever I need to do in order to, to help a lot of people feel the experiences that I was able to feel, not necessarily as a bodybuilder, but just seeing the changes in their physique and, and the changes in their confidence and stuff. And that's what really kind of amplified the, that mission and the, the, I guess my why as to, as to what I wanted to do. It's great to see that because you worked so hard to work on these elements of yourself and face your fears. There's a great saying, use fear as your compass, meaning if something scares you, walk towards it. Don't allow the judgment or the criticism, mm -hmm. et cetera, to, to keep us where we are. And by finding a little bit more motivation in the gym because you knew the results were a direct reflection for what you were doing. You then pursued that next path. And as a byproduct of that, you had to face your fears. You had to start, or you didn't have to, but you chose to start posting on social media, documenting the highs and lows of the journey. And as a ripple effect of that, it inspired more people. And it's now sort of put you to, to where you are today. And I think that's a beautiful thing for people to take away from this is even if you just start documenting your journey, you will be inspiring someone somewhere. And yes, from time to time, you're going to get a bit of criticism or hatred, but you never really take advice or listen to people who aren't above where you want to be as an individual. And obviously that's for, for me talking to you and looking where you're at, you're an incredible, or where you're at is an incredible byproduct of the consistency and hard work and the sacrifices that you've had to make and the fears that you've had to overcome in that process. Yeah. And I think it reaffirmed to me that you just have to be authentic to yourself because that was the first time I'd truly been authentic to myself. I'd stepped into more of that. It was uh, when I think about it now is after year 11 that I really started to let go of, of the stress or the worry about trying to fit in and just be more myself. 
Then when I moved to Melbourne, it was quite similar. But as I said, this that moment of stepping on stage in 2014 was the moment where it all changed, where I was just like, I'm just going to be truly authentic to myself. And, and, and that's the only way to do it. And you kind of realize that once you have that moment, you realize like you've almost been just living as a character. You get to the point, and so many people do this to this day, like, because they don't, have, as I said at the start of the call, they haven't been expanded to what else is possible. They haven't, as you mentioned yet, they haven't stepped into the fear or the discomfort or the resistance and the unknown. So I just realized that, you know, I'd almost been just trying to live as this, as this certain character every day in terms of putting on an act to try and fit in or put it, not, not so much putting on, I don't want to make it sound like I was fucking playing a character in a tv show but like you know what i mean i wasn't truly authentic to myself um and yeah. and i think all the fear i had around that just completely disappeared when i realized that one i actually had a lot of support for just doing what i wanted to do and two um i hope you let us swear on the show otherwise you're gonna yeah, have a, a, a rough time a rough time editing this one. Hard out, bro. <laughs> but the the second thing was that i realized that no one gives a fuck about what you do because everyone else has their own life and their own problems and no one's sitting there on a fucking Wednesday afternoon going, Oh my God, did you see what, um, Lockie just posted on Instagram, something, something about a training thing. He never talks about that. It's like, no one gives a shit. Like everyone has their own life and, and it's almost, it's just an ego thing. If you think that someone, like if you're worried about someone else judging you, Firstly, if they are judging you, then they're not the type of person you want around anyway. Secondly, it's more of an ego thing to think that you're that important, that someone else is wasting their whole day judging something that you've done that has no relevance to them whatsoever. So that was yeah. a big turning, so, big turning point for me. That's a huge thing. Did you read the or see the article when, I think it was 2018 or 19, Tom Cruise was in London or somewhere filming some movie and he couldn't get his like driver to drive him because he was running late so he had to get on the subway so he put a like put glasses on and cap backwards and whatever and just jumped on the train <laughs> and he's talking about he's like people don't give a shit what you're who you are or what you're doing he's like i was on the busiest tram line in the world <laughs> and no one recognized me and then like just yeah. as he was getting off one person recognized him he's like everyone's too busy on their phones now to even give a shit about what you're doing so from obviously your experience then diving into the physique realm and obviously facing your fears and recognizing that you didn't really care about or give a shit about what people thought for people who are sitting back there. And I guess it also, you know, you were mentioning to be your authentic self and just really not care about the other people. For those who are sitting there going, I don't even know who I am or where to start that process. What, I guess, advice or knowledge would you share with them around that part on getting that started? Yeah, it is a bit of, of a difficult one because when I, you know, I often talk about the stuff that I push on my socials or with the podcast and stuff. I, I try to never tell anyone what to do or say that this is the right way or the only way to do it. I'm also to share what I've experienced and people can take it or leave it. So for me, it's just kind of always come quite natural. Like the sport thing was just there. The fitness thing was just something that I gravitated towards, personal development thing, very similar, podcasting, whatever. But I just think when I look at it now, I just find if you're not sure what your purpose is or what your authentic self is, just follow the good feelings. Like follow the things that make you feel good while you're doing it. 
and it doesn't and and this is where you have to let go of the ego or uh, coming back to letting go of other people's opinions the things that make you feel good and you know you see evidence of this now being not an issue obviously it may be fucking playing computer games so if that's what you enjoy and that's something you put all of your time to it's quite obvious now that there's a lot of potential and opportunity within that space if it's I'm going to think of a shit example here, creating <laughs> pottery or something, right? Whatever it is, like, doesn't matter what that good feeling is. And, you know, obviously there's, there's heaps of talk now within the entrepreneur um, space and business space around like follow your passion, you know, um, I can quit your job and go and do something that you like. And I think there's definitely room for that. Obviously you can't just put yourself in a shit position financially and just drop a great job and just go and start drawing pictures all day if you're not making money from it but it's just following that good feeling it might be a side hustle it might be doing something that you just really love and looking for ways how you can start to monetize that um or even if it's even if you're just working a a job that you kind of enjoy but you have this passion it's like the fact that you're doing something that makes you feel good will correlate to everything else you do it'll correlate to conversations you have with people daily the the way you treat your partner if you've got one like the way you show up your energy at work all that type of stuff and and I just think it's, yeah, following the good feelings. And that's even something that I'm trying to do now. Like since I've started doing more stuff in the mentoring and personal development side of things, I it's hard sometimes to not get not get stuck with the whole identity thing. Um, and, and again, come back to people's opinions or whatever, but it was like now I, even though, you know, mentoring someone is something that I've only started doing in the last probably six months or whatever. When I looked at it, I'm like, well, every time I have a conversation with a client about stuff that's got nothing to do with their body, it's more so about their the way they think or or their awareness or, you know, meditating or just sharing my experiences with personal development. It lights me up and it makes me feel good. So why the fuck wouldn't I do more of it? Or why wouldn't I then push more in that direction? Why would I continue to pull myself back because of the fact that for the last seven or eight years or nine, 10 years, whatever it is, I've been only pushing like health and fitness. It doesn't mean that I have to keep doing that. It's just about following like where that good feeling is. And that's going to lead to, to good things. Man, I love that you're saying that. I feel like I'm on the same, same path. So part of our business is, you know, started in the fitness space and we've been doing the coaching and men's work specifically for about four or five years now. Yeah. And, part of the identity is me shifting away from the fitnessing because it's, you know, for some clients, they're like, well, why would I work with you here when I can just see you in the gym or whatever? And I'm stepping away from the gym to focus more on that. And we've got um, team members doing the other stuff. And it's cool that the way you're thinking is is exactly how I'm thinking. And I think it's one of the luxuries that we have by running our own own show is as you continue Mm. to grow and evolve as an individual the services that you offer or what you choose to do on a day-to-day basis can evolve with that. And, you know, when I used to be an athlete and I'm sure when you were as well, you said it was your, uh, your identity. And when you lose that, a lot of people struggle with what's next, who am I, Mm -hmm. all of those sort of questions. But when you sort of attach yourself to going, look, I'm not my business. And for me, I, I might not be doing what I do now in 10 years time. And I'm completely okay with that. Yeah, but I choose to follow, and as you're saying, it's um follow the happy or happiness chase, but chase the good follow the good feeling, yeah, yeah, follow the good feeling. I wrote it down here. Follow the good feeling, like it's just such a good way to 
do what you need to do. And in the process, it's going to stretch you as an individual and you're going to have to grow, which is one of the most enjoyable parts of life. And then layering that on top, you then get to teach more people, which uh, I think is a brilliant thing. Yeah. And you just hit the nail on the head. It's like for an AFL footballer, they, as a person, they are not a footballer. Football is something that they do. Like that's, that's, they play football or they, they do it at full time and they may be professional and it may be consuming for their life. But that, as a person, they're not a footballer. That's just something they do. And the other part to what you just spoke on then and something that I've learned a lot about lately is that I've already been through the whole identity thing two or three times and it's felt different each time and it's basically been just as hard each time. And then once I get through it, I'm like, this is the same as what you've already done like Learned when you went from basketball to coaching or whatever. But the other part that I learned with that, and it's only been in the most recent shift, is being able to do regular stock takes on when you are playing too much into the identity of what you're doing now and and limiting to your, limiting yourself to what else is out there. So for it wasn't until I spoke with with my mentor that she basically just fucking laid it all out for me. I was talking to her about, you know, um, she knew how much I loved personal development stuff and, and how much work I was doing and how much it lit me up when we would talk about it. And I was coming to her saying, look, I, I have an unbelievable program. I have an unbelievable service and value to offer within you know a part of my fitness business that I was pushing at that time and I'm like for whatever reason I can't seem to break this barrier of like members or I can't seem to break this this barrier of signups or whatever and she was just put it out she's like it's because you don't want to it's like the universe is not giving that back to you because you don't want that to grow she's like you know yourself that on a Friday afternoon you would much prefer to be sitting down doing mentoring one-on-one calls or or working with someone on their personal development in comparison to sitting there spending six, seven hours replying to people about their macros and their training for that week. And I was like, it was kind of like I had to sit there and be completely honest with myself and be like, you know, you're right. But because I'd spent so many years building on this one thing, mm. I then got stuck in this mindset of like, well, this is the path I'm going in and this is all the, and I think back to all the work and the time and the hours I'd put into building it. So it was almost like, again, a bit of an ego thing, but it was like, well, how the fuck can I just get rid of that when I've spent so long trying to build it? And she was like, you can keep going with it as much as you want, but the universe is not going to give you back what you're expecting because that's not the energy you're putting out. You're not putting out energy. Everything you're doing is not to try and build that even though you say it is and you know that the product's good and it may be great, but everything you're doing is not is not aligned with making sure that program goes well because outside of whenever you do work on it, everything you're doing is fucking to do with something completely different. So when I heard that, that really put some perspective on it for me and I had to look at my business and go like, I'm happy to lose income here and start putting my focus here because I know that when I do this, I'm more than happy to do that. I'll do it for free. I don't give a shit. Like it makes me feel good. So I'm going to keep doing that. And naturally that's going to, if I try monetize it, naturally that's going to work out way more in my favor than what I would if I keep banging my head against the wall trying to build this. But it didn't mean I need, didn't mean I had to let go of everything to do with health and fitness. It just meant that I had to look at, all right, well, maybe instead of coaching clients one-on-one online, I just kind of have a semi-customized um, program over here or put more time and attention to pushing a lower ticket um, option and try and scale this more where I'm not having to commit as much of my one-on-one time to it. Even if this person's paying a good amount of money, if I know that every time I have to do a check-in, it's kind of like fucking this is the same shit we've been doing every Friday for the past 
four months. Yep. You're not getting the picture yet. Um, let go of it. Take a bit of a hit for a while and and genuinely feel good about doing what you're doing every time. How important has it been for your growth and development as a business owner and as an individual to have a coach and to have a mentor to guide you along the way? Because I feel there are definitely a lot of people who don't understand maybe how coaching works and whether it's from the health and fitness side or the the mindset Mm. uh, and performance side. For you personally, like obviously you, your podcast has done over 4.6 million down. Like that's huge. And the success that yeah, you've had course. online, you've got the app, you've got all of these things happening. And you came from a country town. And I don't want to, I'm not bashing country towns. I'm just, as we yeah. touched on at the beginning, the access to people who've achieved what you've now achieved wasn't necessarily there for you. You've created it and you've leveraged mm-hmm you know, resources that you've invested in, whether it's time or, or money. So how important has it been for you having the coaches and mentor? And I guess if you could share uh, one or two things that have really been huge light bulb moments on top of the one you just shared. I think it's really important. And there's kind of two parts to it though. Firstly, I wish I had have invested. I indirectly was using mentors. Like I wasn't working with someone one-on-one throughout my whole growth of my business. Um, whereas I was, I've been very fortunate that a lot of my clientele uh, run big businesses. So it's almost like free consult session. They're paying me to train with me, but I'm actually getting more value than they are. So I, I've, I've really, I learned very early on as a PT that networking and relationship building is significantly important in terms of your growth and, and, and the ability to expand your business and your knowledge. So I really went hard with that, but I wish I had have spent more time and money, um, investing in, in mentors early on. But in saying that I'm also really, really fortunate and, and it's been a blessing when I look at it now to have gone through a lot of it by myself and fucked up over and over again and made a lot of mistakes because it's then given me the, the insight as to what a lot of other people are probably going through as well. So as I said, I like to share a lot of that stuff. So when I'm doing a solo episode on the podcast, talking about something to do with business and, you know, here's the top five mistakes I made building my um, business from, from the ground up or whatever, it's, I'm able to relate a lot more to, to or the audience is able to relate to what I'm going through because they're probably doing the same thing. But in saying that, since I've, I have started investing uh, time and money into mentors and, um, and and when I look at it, I've always, as I said, I was so obsessed with the fitness side and then I was obsessed with learning business that I've indirectly invested a lot of time and money, whether it be courses and education and seminars and stuff like that. But since working with someone one-on-one as a mentor, one of the big lessons I've taken from it, aside from perspective on my business or perspective on what, I supposedly want because they're coming from they're coming to it without the the um, the mental conditioning or the limiting beliefs that I probably have, and they're able to point that out. They're really able to point out a lot of blind spots, or they're able to you know call me out on the bullshit that I'm just kind of telling myself. But it's the same story I've kind of had, so I just kind of buy into it, if you know what I mean. But another lesson I learned is because I am offering service. Obviously, I'm offering whether it be personal training, whether it be um, online coaching, whether it be mentoring or even, you know, trying to get a sponsor on a podcast or trying to get a big guest on or whatever is what my, les- my mentor taught me is the fact that how can I sit here 
hoping that someone's going to pay me a fuckload of money to work with me or to invest in my business and my services when I don't invest any of my money into someone else. Mm. So I, when, when I look at it from an energetic perspective, it's like if I'm putting myself in an almost uncomfortable position to work with a mentor, which is then obviously making sure I've got skin in the game. So I'm fully committing. I'm, I'm doing all the things I need. I know I need to do, but at the same time, I'm starting to send a message out to the universe that, that whether if it's money, for example, like money's there to support my journey. And if I'm putting money out, the old boomerang effect, like what you put out is going to come back. So I can't sit here and be frustrated if I didn't get any signups to a mentoring program when at the same time, I'm not spending any money myself and investing anything into me growing as well. So I start to look at it more like that now. So I've always been someone who enjoys giving and giving out, whether it be content or uh, even just simple shit, like going out for dinner with friends and, and, and paying or whatever, um, not from an ego perspective, but more so I just really love giving. But I also understand that what you put out is what you'll get back. So now if there's an opportunity to do work with a mentor and it's a, a significant amount of money and it doesn't really make much sense, I'm a lot quicker now to just go ahead with it because I know that that's the energy I'm putting out and hopefully that's what I'll get back and, and I'll make it work. And it, and it puts you in a position where you have to expand. You have to be willing to to think bigger and to to do the the necessary things in order to make it happen. And that's what levels you up. It's, it's again, it's just stepping into the, the unknown and the resistance and, and being able to get comfortable with that, um, with the uncomfortable, with the discomfort, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's powerful. That's got me thinking a lot around obviously that boomerang effect and I've, yeah, much to like yourself, I've directly and indirect, indirectly been working with people since day dot and I've made some poor investments uh, which taught me a lot about integrity but also doing due diligence when working with people and you know I'm mm-hmm. big on that when people work with us as well making sure there's a good fit but also using tools and resources because not everyone is in the position to invest in themselves financially you know I, I wasn't yeah. back in the day so like having free resources like podcasts for example or books uh, which costs you mm-hmm. minimal money are definitely a great place to start. But I think as you touched on there, there comes a point in time if you're wanting to have a big expansive life and have abundance in multiple areas, you have to take risks and you have to get uncomfortable. And sometimes or more often than not, that requires putting skin in the game. And Yeah, and every it's time- all correlative too. Like it doesn't necessarily need to be a fucking $10,000 program. If you're currently not making much money, maybe a fifty or a hundred dollar online course is your version of putting skin in the game and investing in yourself. It could be a free podcast or whatever as well. But one of the lessons, not necessarily from a pot, from a mentor, but just that I've taken from clients who who are doing crazy shit. And as I mentioned to you at the start, it's like being expanded to what is truly possible, but also normalizing normalizing having fucking big conversations normalizing being yeah. hearing clients talk about shit that you would never have even dreamed of or thought was even possible once you start to raise your level of frequency to the point that you're sitting there having a conversation with a client and it doesn't always have to be about money it could be relationships it could be um anything like fitness whatever but if all of a sudden i'm starting to normalize these things that at once upon a time felt out of reach 
in the fucking world of energetics or whatever and and law of vibration law of attraction whatever like it makes sense for me to continue evolving in this way and that may that'll look different for everyone um but i just think that's extremely powerful you just got back recently you did what was it six days of meditation like an insane amount or from my perspective it's an insane amount of meditation over a short period of time what was that like and what also prompted you to want to do that yeah and don't worry from my perspective it was a fucking insane amount of time as well (laughs) um (laughs) but um uh so i i started meditating in 2017 i made a uh, set a goal to meditate every day that year because I had never done it. And just at the end of 2016, I felt like I was, I was starting to get really anxious. And a lot of it was probably my fault, like making stupid decisions and probably partying a bit much or whatever it was. And I, I started meditating. I tried a meditation on Headspace and, and felt really good after one of them. And I was like, well, I should probably do more of that. So I meditated every day that year, but it was still just like ticking the box. Some days I was meditating literally like there was a three-minute option on Headspace and that was my go-to, to be honest. So I was like making it as quick as possible, ticking that bad boy off. But I, as I was introduced to things like breath work and once I started to understand the power of consciousness and awareness and, and started all that type of stuff, I come across Joe Dispenza one day on a podcast and um, one of those podcasts where as I was listening to it, I was just like fucking... My whole brain was just going like, wow, this I've just been exposed to something that I've never fucking heard before and it was really intriguing. So I started doing some of his meditations on YouTube. Then uh, about 12 months ago, I bought one of his online courses, which was a big deep dive, one of his audio books and whatever. And in that period of time, I'd also done a bunch of breath work and some longer breath work sessions or whatever. And I just started to understand the more scientific part of meditation itself and and the different styles of meditation and what it can truly do for you. So I signed up to um, Joe's retreat and he doesn't come here very often. So um, I was like, I, I really want to do this. I think it'll obviously help me, but it'll also give me better perspective and experience to share with clients and, and with the podcast and whatever. And yeah, we did over six days. We meditated for 36 hours. So each day we're meditating for, we're meditating two, uh, three times a day. Um, there was a diff, there was a few different styles of meditation. Um, but coming into it, I'd, I'd, I'd got to the point where I was doing usually 20 minutes a day for the last year or two. Um, and then coming into it, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to do 45 to 50 minutes because that was some of the ones on the course that I uh, did of his and I'd only done them a few times. And that was a massive stretch for me. So I did about three weeks back to back of 45 to 50 minutes thinking like, I want to make sure it's not too much of a shock to the system when I come in. And then day one, we meditated for like six hours. So I was like, <laughs> uh, Shocker. So, but, but that week, uh, and I took so many lessons away from that week and it was not what I expected to be honest. So I expected to come into it, you know, having done breath work and, and had these really cool experiences with breath work and, and genuinely feeling this experience that's what I expected coming into the week. And, you know, ironically, one of the main lessons I took away from the week is to come into meditation and, and pretty much everything in life with no expectation. And that's when you actually get the experience or that's when you get the results and the progress. So, you know, it was it was uncomfortable. Like I, I genuinely thought that, and don't get me wrong, by the end of the week, it was an amazing feeling. Like you're with a thousand people who are all there to better themselves, who 
He's, everyone's dropped their ego. Everyone's polite. Everyone's always fucking smiling. You're talking to people you've never met before as if you've known them for years. And it was a really awesome feeling. And as the week went on, I genuinely loved it. Like day one and day two, it was, I was almost frustrated because I'm like, fuck, this is going to be the longest week. And I'm not experiencing things the way I expected to experience them so far. And, but as we went on and I started to take these things away, like not, you know, not looking at a meditation as good or bad and not being so focused on the outcome from that one mm. meditation, just as you wouldn't be with the gym. You wouldn't expect to do one med- one uh, session in the gym and wake up looking like Arnold the next day. So why was I expecting to have this huge breakthrough from one meditation? So stuff like that, um, obviously meditating for such long periods of time was physically and mentally uncomfortable. So really leaning into that discomfort and the resistance. And once I was getting to the point where there was a lot of resistance and pushback from either the mind or the body, trying to sit through it and and understanding that the change is never really happening unless I'm reaching that point anyway. Again, just like the gym. If you're just curling the same weight every day, every time you go to the gym and it's a piece of piss, your biceps aren't going to grow and they're not going to get stronger. The only time they grow and get stronger is when you lift a weight or get to a rep that is difficult and you try and push through it. So I found that with meditation too. Um, and it was just, there was a lot of things I took away from it, but it was a really cool experience. Um, and then it was like the matter of trying to then apply everything I'd taken away from it and trying to stay in that level of awareness and consciousness once I come back to normal life, um, which has been challenging, but it's definitely given me a much better perspective on what's possible with meditation and also like an hour meditation now feels, feels easy, um, which is good. So like, I'm, I'm still really prioritizing it. Like since I've been back, I think there's been a couple of days where I've only done maybe 30 minutes cause I had a really busy day or whatever, but every other day I've done between an hour to an hour and a half. Wow. That is staggering. Yeah. I want to ask you last one last question because I want to respect your time and I know you've got uh, more things to do. Just on that, like with right, the meditation. I could probably, probably go for another five, five to ten. Yeah. So with, with the meditation, 90 minutes, then you're running a podcast, you're in a relationship, you've got, your biz, you've got a lot of, you know, you're juggling a lot of balls, so to speak. How do you manage your time? Like how do you instill a good work-life balance for yourself? That was definitely something I struggled with a lot earlier on. And and to be honest, like I still, I definitely haven't mastered it. Um, my time management's not amazing by any stretch. But what I've really tried to prioritize now is, is letting go of the, um, and this is again, a bit of an ego thing, but letting go of like, have to be the fucking hardest worker in the room. I have to be fucking, if I'm not working, then it's not productive, you know, almost wearing it as a badge of honor if I'm up at 4 a.m. and fucking working through till 12 p.m. every day. But when I looked at it, I'm like, how much of that is quality work? Like how much of that is actually giving me growth? How long can I possibly do that shit for? So now I've tried to structure my weeks a little um, smarter. So I'm really only personal doing personal training now from kind of 5 or 6 a.m. through till lunchtime or just after, ideally from Monday to Wednesday or Thursday podcasting um, when possible with guests. I'm trying to structure in on a Thursday or Friday along with a lot of the online work with the app and check-ins and stuff. Um, I don't do any sessions at night 
any like from about two o'clock onwards now i don't do any sessions face to face and i think it's just a matter of learning to say no to more things which helped a lot with the time management so yeah saying no to a lot more stuff and looking at what's actually going to move the needle what you know coming back to what actually feels good um and something that i know is not just gonna i'm not gonna burn out with and then one of the things that i have changed a lot with particularly since being an athlete is being okay with fucking not doing anything <laughs> so having a sunday having a sunday or, or or an evening after work or whatever where i'm not doing anything to do with work where my partner danielle and i might just be watching a movie or just watching netflix or fucking just hanging out with the dog or whatever it's being okay with that and understanding that you don't get further in life by doing more than everyone else not necessarily. There's obviously times where you need to push and, and whatever, but really actually looking at, particularly within the business, what can I what can I do less of? Like what can I remove? Because I was just constantly adding shit. Podcast, yeah. online, face to face, mentoring, this, that, the other. I had to look at everything and go, all right, what can I take out? Like let's try and have as little amount of things as possible. So that the stuff I am doing, I'm going, I'm giving full attention and focus and I'm actually moving the needle and I'm not I wouldn't say wasting time, but because I've particularly health and fitness industry, because I've been in it for so long now, I've done a lot of the stuff where I do still think it's important and necessary to, to, you know, be in the trenches for a bit and start to figure out what, what you really love or get the experience and stuff like that and, and potentially do shit for free at the start or whatever. But also at the same time, look at what your standards are as a, as a, a business owner, as a coach or whatever, and, and start to, really try and run your week like a business because I wasn't, I wasn't running my, my, I was running a business, but it didn't fucking look like it. it was more so just like manic. It was just all over the place. And I wanted to start to really um, just continue to level up and raise the standards with that. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And, you know, we could talk for hours, got a lot in common and you're definitely doing a lot of things that I could learn about, but for everyone listening, obviously you're the host of the fitness and lifestyle podcast. As I mentioned earlier, you've done millions of downloads. You have incredible solo episodes. You speak really well. You have incredible guests on talking about all things fitness and lifestyle, obviously. Where else can people follow you, find you, find out more about your coaching and all of that stuff? Probably Instagram is just the best one. Um, just at DJK Fitness. There's there's links in there for all the other stuff. But but yeah, I share, share a fair bit of content um, on most platforms. So um, through Instagram, you'll be able to find the email list and website and all that type of stuff for, for some more info on that. But, um, but yeah, man, I appreciate you having me on. It was good. I, we could definitely just chat all day um, for sure. We'll definitely have to do another one and I'd love to to get you on the fitness and lifestyle podcast too. So we'll, we'll try and tee that up, but um, hopefully there's been some valuable stuff in this one for the audience. Mate, I, I've definitely got a lot of great stuff then. I'm sure everyone listening has, but you know, massive takeaways, follow that good feeling. If you're wanting to find out, you know, more about how to, you can, I guess you can find your purpose and your why. But Danny, thanks for your time, mate. I really appreciate it and have an amazing weekend. Pleasure, man. You too. Thank you. Well, thanks for tuning in with that episode with Danny, an incredible dude. As I was mentioning, follow the good feeling was a huge takeaway, networking, relationship building, and just really chasing the good vibe to create the life that you want. If you got value, Make sure you share this episode, you hit subscribe on whichever platform you are now listening to. 
and make sure you tune in next week for the upcoming episode. My name is Lockie Stewart and thank you for listening to the Man That Can Projects podcast.